We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at WinBet. I'm your host, John McKechnie, joined as always by Mario Puig. This time of year, always chaotic, a lot of people moving around. It's the holidays, travel, maybe not so much travel this year, but all sorts of just kind of chaos usually comes with us this time of year, but it's even crazier right now. I mean, we're into the second week of the fantasy football playoffs in a lot of leagues, and uh, the horses that got you there, they might not be ready to ride anymore for the rest of the season or for at least the rest of uh, this week. At, at the very least, we have big name players going on the COVID list seemingly left and right. Uh, shortly before we jumped on Mario, uh, Dalvin Cook was, was placed on uh, the COVID list. Looks like Alexander Madison back to being that that found gold in your pocket. So, I mean, what, what's kind of your reaction to this whirlwind uh, news cycle that we've been dealing with. I mean, not, not just this week, the last couple of weeks, but it feels like it's really ramped up of late. Yeah, I have no real thoughts. It's just kind of, uh, you know, shapes, colors, sounds, and, and they're all meaningless to me. But uh, we know when a guy goes on the COVID list, you have to find out who his backup is. Just hope that they do something similar to what the starter did. And um, Madison would normally be a guy that I'd be pretty optimistic about like I think he's a totally decent player I think he can be a three down running back who gives you some volume not explosiveness but he can he can take up you know a lot of the the even the undesirable tasks like he can take the short yardage the the, the pass blocking he's he's just a, a guy who is not a problem for an offense and so he, when he when he's the only guy in town he can he can take every snap in a game normally but I don't know what he can do uh coming right off of I assume it was like a I guess it was a test positive kind of deal because he was out 10 days and he's not vaccinated. Uh, he, he could just be totally fine, you know, a hundred percent, but he also might be a little lacking in his conditioning. Like he might get out there, uh, need to get taken out for a player too. Cause he's like, I'm gassed. I, I don't know why I'm gassed. And I was like, well, we know why if you're gassed, uh, it's, it's because of the, you got COVID last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was. So, uh, I guess it's like the Cooper, the Amari Cooper case was the really clear example of how that could work. Like he came back, only played 20, 25 snaps or something like that. But the Vikings Mm -hmm. are in a more desperate position than the Cowboys were in theirs. And they don't have the depth that, you know, they don't have a CD lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, the tight ends. They don't have any of that. So they just probably got to put everything they 
can on Madison. And uh, it's a tough matchup too. Like the Rams run defense is pretty tough. So I'm a little worried for Madison. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to expect him to be better than like 85% of what he normally is, but it's just impossible to know uh, from afar. Like uh, unless we get a, you know, a clarifying report from some team insider or something before then. Right. It's just one of those things where you kind of are put in a position, like if you are someone that had the handcuff and you, you had Dalvin cook and Madison, then you just, I feel like you kind of have to start Madison. Um, if you were the guy that, that scooped him, uh, maybe after Dalvin cook returned the other week against Pittsburgh, um, you know, I, I think it, it, you face a, a slightly different decision, but in all likelihood, he probably does profile as like a, I think just, we, we know there's enough sample, I guess, of Madison being in this spot of, of the spot start for Cook to where I think you can just kind of safely project him as anywhere from a low end RB2 to maybe like top 15. But I, I don't know if he, if, especially with this matchup that you can really expect anything more than that. Right. Uh, like, I, yeah, I think you said it best. It's like you're going to feel anxious, but you kind of have to start them unless you're just embarrassingly rich at running back. In which case, uh, very jealous. Uh, Jim Parsons wants to know uh, Madison or Ronald Jones. I'm, I'm Madison pretty, pretty decidedly. I, I, Ronald Jones is like the poor man's version of Madison where he's gotten the opportunities and he's been pretty terrible every single time he's gotten it. Um, I, I think that, Keyshawn Vaughn proved that he can't play uh, this past Sunday. So like Jones is going to get plenty of volume. I just, no effectiveness. I I don't think is going to come along with it. I'd actually go with Jones and it's, it's not that I'm high on Jones. I'm not, but I would never accuse you of that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just got such a good situation or at least if his situation isn't good, then the the Buccaneers might be in more trouble than we think. And I I definitely don't think that I think the Buccaneers are going to, you know, it might be an ugly blowout, but I think they'll, the, the the Panthers are on shutout watch. Mm. Gio Bernard can't do that much. Keyshawn Vaughn probably can't do that much. If if Leonard Fournette is out, I think for uh, I think Jones might see like fifty plus snaps and twenty five carries or something. Whereas Madison could get that volume. Uh, I just and he will do more probably as a pass catcher than Ronald Jones tends to. But I do worry about Madison having a cap of like thirty snaps and not being his usual self and against a tougher defense than usual. The, the Panthers, I think, can be broken as a run defense, especially mm-hmm. if they're left on the field too long. So I would go with Jones this one week. Okay, the the, the, um, the Panthers wrinkle uh, there definitely at like definitely works in in favor of Ronald Jones. We have Ronald Jones as RB 26 right now. So right, right on that fringe, uh, we haven't quite accounted for the Dalvin Cook news on the value meter just yet. So we'll know. Uh, Rotowire's the, the company line on, on Alexander Madison uh, soon enough, but a split decision as far as as that one goes. Jim, sorry to break it to you that way. All right, let's go ahead. Let's jump things into week 16. Let's get things started with the Thursday night game. We've got Niners traveling to Tennessee to face the Titans. Niners, three-point favorites on the road. Mario, you so accurately called Tennessee last week going into Pittsburgh and losing that game because they just don't have enough firepower. You weren't wrong. You absolutely nailed that one. I uh, thought Ben week, Roethlisberger would have a good game though. So uh, not well, quite, he, uh, the, the clips of him, the, the late stage Ben Roethlisberger clips are, are truly one of the funniest things uh, I've seen on an NFL football field that uh, the, the just sort of hot potato throw to Najee in the backfield where he's like, I, I'm fumbling it, but it's to you. It's going to be your fault. 
after yeah there, there's like there's like a half dozen plays this year where he looks like he's doing a chris farley bit or something <laughs> yeah and um but not as endearingly funny and more like sad and you but, don't get fantasy points for chris farley antics that's just uh those are those are a different kind of yeah those, yeah those, those leagues were those leagues were big in the 90s um but you know just they've kind of fallen out of style the same way as like standard scoring um but anywho uh speaking of titans and that that firepower or lack thereof they might be getting some back tonight in the form of aj brown uh, potentially making his return from injured reserve. Obviously, he's been out for a while. So I think, like we were saying about Alexander Madison, to to a different or from a, coming from a different place, but still, you figure that the conditioning might might be a bit of an issue. So a snap count could be in effect when it when it comes to AJ Brown or what say you? It could be, but he's also been practicing, and he has. Uh... I mean, I don't know how bad this chest injury he had was, but he could probably do some running with it, you know, or at least biking, something like that, to to hopefully keep his conditioning up a little bit. I think they're going to use him. I, I guess it's a little tougher to tell what's going to happen with that usage, but the 49ers corners can't cover him, even if they had Mosley and Verrett. Uh, maybe Verrett could, I don't know. But Mosley, Mosley's totally good, but he's you know, 5'10", 180. He's, he's literally like 45 pounds lighter than AJ Brown and AJ Brown's probably about as fast as him. So you're talking to backups of those guys, they can't cover him. It needs to be for, for the 49ers to stop AJ Brown. They need Bosa Armstead, whoever to get to Tannehill before AJ Brown can complete his route. And that's totally possible, especially with Taylor Luan, Roger Saffel, both out. So I'm pretty concerned for the Tennessee offense overall. And I guess, if we're talking recent contributors that I'm worried about, it's definitely Deontay Foreman because the Titans will try to get him going. They have to try. And if they, if they somehow win this game, then, then Foreman probably did pretty decent for himself. But I do worry about, you know, just first drive. Uh, maybe they try play action. Uh, I guess they should. I mean, they're, they're going to be expected to run. Uh, but if they go play action, you worry about Bosa getting there about the time that the fake handoff is done. Like it might not be much longer than that, that Tannehill has to get rid of it. And that just doesn't really suit him. Like he needs, he needs that play action setup. He needs to have a chance to guess where the defensive matchups, the defensive assignments are before the snap. So that when he comes off that play action, he knows what, you know, his three multiple choices are. And it's easy enough to figure out that way. But when it's just, uh, you know, a hail of bullets after the snap and he's got to figure out where to go and figure it all out under with all this fire incoming, that's tough for any quarterback. That's the elite quarterbacks who can manage and thrive in those situations. He's definitely not that even if he had a better offensive line than this, he's definitely not that. So I I think AJ Brown and maybe Julio Jones get some production here. If only because it's one of those things like if Tannehill throws for 220 yards, even it's easy to imagine AJ Brown getting 90 of those and Julio like 70 and some combination of Westbrook and Ferkser and whatever the running backs combining for something like 40 yards. So Julio and AJ Brown and single game slates are still pretty compelling to me. And even a guy like Jeremy McNichols, he's so cheap and he might catch five passes or something like that. So on DraftKings, he's kind of interesting, but generally I am only vaguely hopeful for AJ Brown uh, as far as the Titan side. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I just, I, I can't see it with Julio Jones anymore. It's, it's too bad. Obviously, one of the best uh, receivers ever, but uh, not. If you can't play. It doesn't even yeah. matter what you are, you know? Just... Yeah, exactly. So 
Um, yeah, this could be a little bit ugly on, on the Titans side, even with A.J. Brown uh, likely coming back and, and hopefully playing well in that return. On the Niners side of things, obviously we got some fantasy relevant guys to go there. Like, Do you think Jimmy G is someone that you can start this week, especially in light of the quarterback crop being lightened up a little bit? You know, Lamar Jackson looking shaky, Taysom Hill being sidelined. Like the, the quarterback landscape has kind of pushed Jimmy G into fantasy relevance again. Yeah, and it is tougher to run on the Titans than it is to throw on them. So not that I think Garoppolo is good or playing that well, but he might not need to. Like We've seen in the past he doesn't necessarily need to to be productive in fantasy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, – you got Debo getting all those carries. It's almost like Debo's more of a threat to Gar- – Debo's rushing – usage is more of a threat to Garoppolo's production than Garoppolo playing. Yeah, so if only poorly. they could be those pop passes. So they still count as, uh, right. as Garoppolo. Do, do those handoffs where you reach a little tiny bit more forward. So we can call that a great pass by Jimmy. Once again, uh, <laughs> Look like at the accuracy. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, looking at elsewhere, we, we, this does kind of dovetail with another question from our listener, Jim. Um, so if we have a, what's it? A court, Quintet of running backs to choose from here. Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, or Jeffrey Wilson tonight. Or or I guess not tonight. Wilson plays tonight, though, from this game. Huh. Um, that's pretty tough. Uh, the Eagles the Wire the actually has, has Sanders as its yeah. number one of, of that group. Let's say you. Yeah, I think for me it's between Sanders and Jones, and I guess – you know, Sanders actually starts for his team. So I think we, I also expect the Eagles to, to throttle the giants this time around rather than a 17 to 17 snooze fest or whatever it was last time. Yeah, that was a, that was a strange one a, f- a few weeks back. Yeah. I think that they, they get revenge in their home stadium there. Um, our guy, uh, Marco Valdez, Marcos Valdez, sorry. Um, comments on, on here pretty regularly. So shout out to him. Start two in the half point PPR, Cordell Patterson, Ronald Jones, Madison, CEH, or Justin Jackson, assuming that Eckler is out. Well, that's a good group of guys to be picking from. I'm definitely going with Cordell in one of those. And for me, Jones, Edwards, Hilaire, Jackson are all close in the event that Eckler is out. But I, I don't know what we can take for granted with Eckler. And even if even if Eckler's out, I don't think Jackson plays more than like 30 snaps in a game. Whereas not that it's a guarantee that Edwards Lair does, but I, I like his chances better. And certainly I like Jones's chances better. So I would choose from Jones and Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards Lair. I think even if Eckler is out, but I don't hate Jackson. If Eckler is out, I, I do hate Jackson. If Eckler is in though. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The, the, at that point, he's probably not um, going to uh, do, do a ton assuming Eckler's back, but um, we'll, we'll have to wait on reports there. So, Patterson and then Jones is that is that the play? Uh, I mean Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't have a terrible matchup. I'm so I've, is is, there, is he injured or something? Is there some sort of concern with him? I he, I kind of lean Clyde Edwards Hilaire. What he always is just oh it should make sense, but it it never ends up working out as well as you'd hope. I, I think the one game samples are th- leaving everybody tilting. I think Clyde yeah. Edwards Hilaire's peripherals are actually totally good. So. I, Arrowhead does have a way of grounding opposing offenses, and it's not like they if, – if, if Pittsburgh has the offense they've had lately, there's no need for Mahomes to throw it 40 times or anything. So, um, 
yeah, it's close, but I, I would probably go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I also like Jones a lot more than I expected I would this week. Okay, interesting. And and for the record, our value meter has CEH as RB7 for this week. Mm-hmm. So that's not nothing. Let's keep rolling. Let's uh, get on to Saturday, Christmas Day slate. Uh, the Browns going up against the Packers. This one at, at Lambeau Field. Uh, seven and a half point favorites are the Packers in this one. I just watched the Packers with my own two eyes on Sunday in person. Uh, watched them beat uh, my my beloved Ravens uh, with Tyler Huntley. Valiant effort, only losing by a point. Um, however, uh, the Packers just continue to to roll on. That that offense, you know, is just so deadly, and the defense is solid as well. This is probably the the best Packers team of like the last couple that have made the NFC Championship, and obviously not quite advanced to the Super Bowl. I really like the way that they're playing of late. Um, I, I think that this this line is correct. I think that we we could definitely be in line for a pretty lopsided game here at Lambeau. Yeah, I don't know how the Browns make it that close unless um, unless Nick Chubb, which Nick Chubb can take over any game, and he is kind of due for one of his berserker moments. So maybe he can do that. Uh, we're certainly not the people who are going to count that out, but – what I am willing to count out is the possibility of any Browns quarterback playing well, and that includes Baker Mayfield. Like I don't, I don't care. Jair Alexander is still not back, but that's, um, you know, that that for me is just the distinction between absolutely no hope whatsoever for the Browns passing game versus just very little hope. And I don't have very, I don't have much hope even against Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes as the top two corners. So, um, if Rodgers has a bad game, that makes the Chubb. Uh, usage more assured but I don't see how Rodgers has a bad game here I no. don't um it would have to just be kind of like a choke kind of thing like at home he doesn't really do that no he doesn't he's gonna put on it's Christmas it'll it's gonna work out and I think he's just gonna get tons of opportunities because I don't think that there's a way that Cleveland sustains drives like I think it could you could have like the Nick Chubb hits a big play type type of scenarios but I mean, that offensive line is so ragtag at this stage. Uh, you know, after losing Conklin, having a couple of guys on, on the COVID list, it's just so brutal as far as that. I just don't see them sustaining possessions at all. So we're just going to have Rodgers getting so many bites at the apple that, yeah, I don't really see uh, him struggling necessarily. And I, I think that this, as a result, could turn into like a, an Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon game late in the second half when, when they kind of have it on ice. Yeah, and um, I'm not an expert on the Browns' defense exactly, but I think they tend to be kind of vanilla in their schemes, kind of just playing like one-on-one beat-your-guy kind of play. And if you try to play like press man coverage against Devontae Adams and uh, you, you get your guys right up close to the line of scrimmage, LaFleur is so good at getting those pick setups, those just uh, those freeing designs. And uh, I think if you sit back too far, then I don't know that Cleveland has the the defensive tackle personnel, especially to hold up against that run game that you mentioned. So I, I guess we're somewhat Wisconsin uh, sympathetic. We're not going to be the first people to say like Packers are going to blow it uh, even in events that they do, but I really can't see how they blow this one. No, it, it has, it has everything to do with both teams. I, I just, I don't believe in, in this iteration of Cleveland with everything that that's Happened to them this year. I think maybe coming into the season, if this was if this was the same unit that was playing against the Chiefs in Week One and, and looking impressive, then I give them more of a puncher's chance. But like with, with everything that's gone on with them this season, heading into Week Sixteen against what what is in my opinion the best team in football, 
I just I don't really see it. And and that's interesting. You bring up um, the the Browns kind of reliance on, on just winning uh, with, with talent. Uh, Baltimore obviously was was super shorthanded on defense last week, but they did they threw all sorts of double teams at Devontae Adams, and he still found a way to score a touchdown. <laughs> He's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you have to kind of just like crowd the whole field and hope you can rush Rodgers so that he doesn't have time to improvise. And Garrett tends to take away that time, but they can also just give a lot of help over there. And I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if the Browns have any other hope on defense. It's like Garrett is on defense, what Chubb is to their offense. If if both of those guys don't have borderline heroic games, then I think Packers cover this one. One uh, one more fantasy question from. Uh, the, the Packers side of things. So w- with Marcus Valdez-Scantling going on the COVID list, is there a depth option in this passing game you like? Do we know for sure if Valdez-Scantling is available? Like, I guess if he's unvaccinated, it's obviously worse, but I couldn't find comment either way, so I don't know if there was a line. Yeah, he, he just was was added to the list as of Tuesday. Okay. Um, well, Lazard... So he could be cleared if vaccinated, yes. Yeah, Lazard probably profiles best for those outside snaps that Valdez-Scantling does, but Lazard's quite a bit slower, uh, a better overall like route runner and better underneath than Valdez Scantling. So they might just kind of have to reimagine the offense a little tiny bit. But, you know, to be fair to the to the Browns defense and the pro- the possibility of the Browns making this closer than expected. If Valdez Scantling is not out there, the Packers offense becomes very slow. Uh, not not that it's like bad players, but they are slow in that case. The fastest player on the offense from there is, geez, I don't even know. Um, like Aaron Jones, I guess. Like, yeah, AJ Dillon is about as fast as Aaron Jones. He don't he's not as quick and explosive, but he runs that Malik four Taylor. five three. Yeah, he ran that four five three or whatever it was, which was actually I think that's faster than what Jones ran for his forty. I think he was like a four five six. But uh, anyway, it, it makes the field smaller when Valdez Scantling isn't out there, and when he is out there, the defense is playing with fire if they if they don't keep a safety over him at all times. Exactly. So so. Keep an eye for that. Again, uh, MVS could be cleared by Saturday if he is vaccinated. So we, we should get some confirmation on that uh, here in the next 48 hours. Let's jump on over. Other uh, Christmas Day game, Indianapolis going out to Arizona to face a reeling Cardinals team, whereas Indianapolis coming off an impressive, impressive win over the Patriots in that they were able to beat the Patriots with just, what, 12 completions or 12 pass attempts? Um, yeah, I guess it, it was like five completions or something. Yeah. Yeah. Five, five for 12, a, a yeah. you know, put that ball in, in Canton. Um, but Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor once again, uh, Indianapolis's defense just continues to, to be so steady. Um, they, they obviously face a more dynamic and impressive quarterback this week, not a shot at Mac Jones, but he, he's not quite Kyler Murray just yet by any means. Um, but the Cardinals, struggling i mean they uh they knocked out the team of destiny they, they knocked out the uh the the list team of destiny this past weekend i thought that was the biggest layup ever you know 13 points uh 13 point favorites on the road they find a way to lose i guess if it's anybody it's cliff kingsbury but um how do they yeah. respond here the cardinals defense didn't show up either which is kind of that was the surprising part to me like i I'm always like uh, Cliff. He can he can screw up anything, but I always thought, well, Vance Joseph, he's he's running the show on defense, so surely they'll have that at least. And no, they did not. <clears throat> they did not have that even uh, in this game. The defense almost has to show up better for for the Cardinals, and I think it's 
you know, it's at once infuriating and kind of like unacceptable the way they blew it against the Lions. But it's not that uncommon for heavily favored teams to just blow it because they didn't show up, you know, sleepwalking on the road, especially that does happen, even though it never really makes all that much sense. So I expect them to come back at least as a pass defense, at least as a pass rush. What I don't see so easily for the Cardinals defense is stopping a player like Taylor at all or even containing him. Like the run defense has actually been kind of not that great, if I remember right. It's just usually like teams don't have the privilege of of racking up rush attempts against them because if Kyler's going, you know, superhero on the other side, forcing you to play catch up and then you're exposed to that pass rush, which is so dangerous. But if you're not exposed to the pass rush, the Cardinals defense might sort of, uh, you know, just kind of lose itself a little bit because they don't they don't really have an obvious go-to script for when a guy like taylor is just stomping them for you know if he's got he comes out puts up like 80 yards on 15 carries or something that alone is a detail that the cardinals in their best defensive showings this year did not have to deal with it's like usually they just kind of pin their ears back make the quarterback's life miserable and i think the colts have shown that they're totally willing and able to just keep Carson Wentz in a shell, which they have to here. If they if they make him take a uh, high pass attempt volume against this pass rush, he will blow it. He sucks. Carson Wentz is so bad, and I'm I know sorry. I, I know he had like the touchdowns without the interceptions, but his his completion percentage relative to his yards per attempt is awful. He's just like a jump pass specialist at this point, in my opinion. So um, he can do that jump pass, and if they leave Michael Pittman one on one with like Robert Alford or something. He'll make that throw. He, he showed he can make that throw against the Ravens, and that was actually like triple coverage. Uh, the 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 49ers, Drake Kirkpatrick touchdown. That could happen here because if the Cardinals don't leave him one-on-one like that, they might just be begging for Taylor to stomp all over them. Interesting. Okay, so it's a, yeah, a real damned if you do, damned if you don't type type of setup potentially for uh, uh, that, that Arizona defensive strategy. Um, speaking of Michael Pittman, got got uh, some more questions here. Um, so, of this trio, would you go Gabe Davis, Pittman, or DJ Moore? Definitely not Moore. Uh, Gabe Davis, I like a lot. I actually think, like my personal opinion, is Gabe Davis is probably at least as good of a player as Pittman. But uh, Pittman's similar. usage, Pittman's usage is more assured, and I, I really do think he could get. Like it's just with with Pittman in this game, all the scripts seem kind of favorable to him. I think like if if the Cardinals have a big game on offense, then it forces the Colts to throw it, and Carson Wentz probably won't do that well. If so, but that's targets that are going to Pittman, and if he gets enough, eventually he's going to start catching those. And uh, even if it's a script where the Cardinals struggle on defense, and you know Taylor's just kind of putting putting the chokehold on them right away, then they're going to leave that one on one matchup eventually, and then he can he can win that even if he's not even getting open a little bit. So I think, I think Pittman's in a really high floor, high ceiling spot because there's, there's also the chance that the Cardinals keep uh, the Cardinals do well on offense, raise the tempo of the whole game. And you get just kind of the best of all factors with Pittman there. Whereas Davis, I don't know. It's like Foxborough wasn't a problem for Allen last year, but they're not as good. The Buffalo offense is not as good this year. The Patriots defense is better this year. It's not in a dome like the Arizona game is. So I lean Pittman there, even though I like Davis plenty. Okay. All right. That, that That's a good ra- rationale there. Um, I, I was definitely torn on that because Davis has just been delivering uh, so yeah. much of late. Um, Always you know, has. I, 
almost feel like at a certain point, like the, the question is, you know, like who's the third guy that, that you could be, you know, benching in, instead of, uh, instead of having to bench Gabriel Davis. Cause I, I almost want to do anything I can uh, to get him into my lineup. But yeah, I think just the way things project out, definitely like um, Pittman of that scenario. Uh, before we get to our next game, we got a message from our friends over at Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're on to the Sunday slate. Giants, Eagles, starting us off. Eagles, nine and a half point favorites, 10 points at some shops. How do we see this game unfolding? I think the Eagles should crush them. But then again, I also thought that would happen the last time and they uh, didn't move the ball very well. I think part of the problem last time was the Giants sort of kind of luckily got some points quickly. And then the the Eagles actually veered away from the game plan on offense that they had been using so well for whatever it was, six weeks, four weeks before that. And specifically the the shift away from the pass heavy Jalen Hurts offense to the run heavy one, which 
it, Jordan Howard's just been playing good as a runner. Miles Sanders, good as a runner. Uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously good as a runner. It really makes sense for the Eagles to try to put the ball on the ground quite a bit, uh, both because it makes Jalen Hurts more efficient with the pass attempts that he does get, and it lowers the exposure that he that he has as a passer. And you don't want to keep the ball away from Jake Fromm, which I think is what Philadelphia <laughs> wants to do more than yeah, anything. You, you don't want Fromm to get hot in this one, so you mm-hmm. gotta gotta keep time of possession. Uh, you know, ke- take the field goals on fourth and one, take the points. Uh, <laughs> you got to punt well, if you're in doubt. Even on third down. Um, At a certain point, though, field goals aren't going to beat Jake Fromm. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to get those two pointers when you if you are lucky enough to score against the Giants because you know Fromm only needs uh, forty seconds to to if it's a one score game you're never safe from Fromm. Uh, but anyway, I think uh, Fromm probably will not do that well. And I guess do we know if Tony's in? Tony could be. Uh, like a quarterback proof kind of matchup here if he's running against uh what's his name the Avante Maddox so Maddox is a totally decent slot corner but he's he's more ideally against the the slot restricted type slot receivers you don't really want him going against a guy who's 6-1 or even any higher than 5-9 really you don't Mm -hmm. want that guy going against Avante Maddox so uh, Monte Max is a good athlete, pretty good player, but if, if he's going against Tony, Tony might just have too much freak factor for, for Maddox to do much about it. Other than that, though, you know, Slay is a, pretty much a dead end for yep. uh, Galladay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for Galladay, probably, or Slayton, whoever he's on. Um, I don't know if Fromm, do you have any sense if Fromm has a good sense for like the jump ball? Can he do that? The few throws that I watched last week, there was just kind of like when he threw it more than 10 yards, it was like the ball got shot out of the um, sky. He- yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have a great arm. He he could he could get it deep a little bit his sophomore year at Georgia. He was really good at the back shoulder fade, but that's like not a viable thing to throw in the NFL. So okay. it's um, well, like yeah, what if he's Slay is on, doesn't really exist. If Slay is on Galladay, then he then if Fromm is gonna get it to Galladay, he basically needs to throw it to him even when he's covered and put it in a spot where only Galladay can get it. So that all seems like a lot to me. It seems like a lot of conditions that need to be met. So yeah, that takes that takes some like reps with the receiver to like, you know, find out where he likes it. And and I just don't really think that Fromm has had that amount of time. Like I, I'm not saying that Fromm is good or anything, but he all like the, there are things he's smart at least that comes with reps, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's smart and he's he's probably got good accuracy if he's not mm-hmm. throwing to a problematic like velocity and angle or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Eagles offense should be able to run over the Giants. In the last game, I think the Eagles only fell behind and only found themselves in a difficult spot because they didn't run. They abandoned the run when they were down like six points. It was stupid. This time, I think they would have to almost try to fall behind. And I think they won't spook themselves into abandoning the run. So I think they kind of just roll here. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I really like the the Eagles in this spot. Uh, do you think that the short week helps the Giants at all, or or not especially, or sh- short week for Philly? Uh, not really. Just because normally the short week kind of makes you less viable as a passing offense, and that's worse. That's like a that's more painful if you can't run. But the the Eagles should be able to run at will here. Okay. All right. Good. Good to know. Wanted to iron out that last detail. Uh, got a, a question from Rotowire legend Paul Bruno. Hey, Paul. Up, Paul. Merry Christmas. Uh, Paul wants to know a, a ranking of these three running backs: Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, and James Conner. I think I put James Conner last. Uh, dealing with that heel. Um, Edmonds is back. 
I just, I, he's going to need to score a couple of touchdowns, I think, because I, I don't know if he's going to get the, the same workload. Um, I, I put uh, Jacobs second of that group, and I really, I think Jones is a top five back overall this week. Yeah, for me too. It's also it's between Jacobs and Connor, and I love Connor as a player, but I don't know what to make of his health. And Jacobs is getting so many targets because of the dysfunction of the the Vegas offense overall, and yet uh, the Denver offense with Locke could be so impotent that even the Raiders can't fall behind, and maybe they'll get Jacobs, you know, twenty carries and. Uh, four catches or something like that. So uh, Jacobs can have a bad game from scrimmage and still do pretty well in fantasy here. Yeah, it could get get some uh, short fields uh, provided by that very same guy, Drew Locke. We so. just need the t- we just need the Raiders' defense to not steal any of those Locke turnovers for their own touchdowns. We need we need Jacobs to get one of those. Yep. Do the honorable thing, Raiders' defense. Fall down at the one. Let Jacobs yes. punch yes. that baby in. All right, let's move on over next game. And again, thanks for your question, Paul. Got a good one here. We touched on it earlier on in the show with the Dalvin Cook news, but we got the Vikings three-point home underdogs against the Rams, who are also uh, playing on that short week. I guess both these teams are, to, but to obviously varying extents with the with the Rams having last played on Tuesday and, and the Vikings having played Monday night. Yeah, Um I don't know what to make of this one exactly. I I kind of, I like the chances of the Vikings to get the upset maybe just because I don't really trust the Rams to run that well in this setting. And I don't trust Stafford exactly. Like, I don't know if he's hurt or if there's some kind of rhythm issue. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's still even now kind of getting comfortable in the system, but while Stafford looks great some of the times, and I guess I'm thinking specifically of some of these, these longer setup deep throws that he's made all year. Like he's made some really beautiful throws, of course, but if that play isn't there, some of the routine plays, the routine throws, I've seen him kind of stumble. That makes me nervous because on the other side, even with Cook out, and, and by the way, I'm not expecting anything at all from the, the Vikings running game. It's like Kirk Cousins, it seems like when everybody is most sick of him, that he seems to have a decent stretch and uh, we never even really give him credit for the good stretch that he has because we're still so pissed off about you know, he's throwing like, for like, 90 McLovin, yards like, against the Bears on yeah, like 28 like, attempts or whatever. Everyone's mad at McLovin, but he comes through with the ID. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so a uh, guy like Justin Jefferson, like, I don't know if Adam Thielen is expected to be back. I kind of doubt it if it's a high ankle sprain. But if if by some miracle Thielen is out there and Jefferson are out there, I'm not that much more confident in the Rams ability to to produce as a passing offense than I am with the Vikings. Cause you know, guys like Jefferson and Thielen are inevitable. And even Kirk cousins, it's like, he never stays down for that long, even though he always ends up down in the, the gutter again later eventually. So uh, I think both of these teams have enough issues that the road team can't take much for granted. And uh, yeah, at the very least I'm expecting Kirk to, to play a little more poised, a, l- a little more dignified in this one. So uh, one of the big kind of fantasy storylines from, from Tuesday's game with the Rams and something that ironically sprung board me into a couple of wins in, in a couple of different leagues, get matchups that I should not have won, but the other guy uh, had to use Darrell Henderson and that went poorly. Is there any way we can get any sort of semblance of a read on on this Rams backfield? I feel like it's a complete crapshoot every week. Yeah, I think last week is probably a, a non-indicative result. Like I know we always want to say 
this guy's the starter now. This guy got pipped and so on. And mm-hmm. I don't think that McVeigh, like McVeigh will make a switch. He's not afraid to make a switch, but he also is one of those coaches who's very neurotically picky about practice this week. How do you practice this week? Like we see McVeigh come up with kind of mm-hmm. goofy personnel decisions from time to time. And it's, it's always just like this guy didn't have enough practice time. And even Sony Michelle, he was basically just a break glass in case of emergency running back, like Daryl Henderson was taking probably 90% of the snaps in a bunch of those games. And Michelle didn't do anything in any of those games, but going into this particular last week of the the Seahawks game, it's like Henderson had been gone. However long he was, he probably didn't practice at the same capacity that he did during the weeks that he was healthy earlier in the year. The question of whether Michelle stays far ahead of him this week, I think comes down to how much Henderson can practice to McVay's liking and how he does it, I guess. But we have reason to believe that if Henderson is healthy, he's point blank better than Michelle. And as cold as McVeigh might have seemed toward Henderson last week, he has for the year been much colder toward Michelle. So uh, I'm sure Michelle earned himself some more respect from McVeigh with by yeah. shouldering the load the last couple of weeks. With that said, though, I still expect this to be whenever Henderson is healthy, at worst, like a 60 40 thing in Henderson's favor. But admittedly, I don't know what to make of his. I don't know what kind of sh- how, how hurt he's playing right now. So can you feel confident starting either of them? No, but it's also the one of those realities that everybody or anybody who's still active is liable to have a similarly difficult situation with the scene, season being the way it is. It's it's uh there's probably very few teams where where people are just like, "Ah, I don't have to worry this week. Everything's fine with my team." Like everybody's got injuries and just wacky stuff going on. Yep, everything is on fire. That is for certain. Before we get on to our next game, got a message from our friends over at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sports book app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states. That's Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Also got a message from our friends over at Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. Celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark free. Yahoo's giving all listeners and users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in prizes. Play Daily Fantasy Football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer. 
to get started. All right, Mario, onward. We've got a lot of games to go and in a short time to get there. So we'll we'll go relatively quick through this back half of games. Bills Patriots. Patriots, two-point favorites here. Bills get off the schneid a little bit this past week, but how indicative is it really? You know, they, they go down to Tampa Bay, lose the week before, obviously got uh, lost to essentially the NFL version of the Navy offense the week prior, and it was this very team. Do the Patriots go so, something similar here? I mean, obviously they're 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 going to throw it more than three times. That's not a crazy thing to say, but Slow do they down. keep it decidedly run heavy in this spot? Well, we got to keep an eye on Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson because Stevenson, for illness reasons, was not practicing today, Thursday. I don't know. Uh, there's no indication that it's COVID. I think they would have had to have announced that if if it were by now. So. Uh, it seems at least we can skip that particular scenario here, uh, you know, pending whatever these awful days ahead hold for us. Uh, Harris, if he's back and if he can take something like 15 plus carries and if Stevenson is there and he can take 10 carries and if Bolden can do whatever they need him to. I think the Patriots can run on the Bills defense again. I don't think that changes what could change and what wasn't possible the last time is Allen could have a better game for the Bills offense. And that's the part that I can't figure out because this is a bad matchup for Allen, for Diggs, et cetera. But it probably was a bad matchup last year, too. Like JC Jackson still would have been falling around Diggs last year, and Diggs just annihilated him, annihilated the Patriots defense anyway. So it's it can't possibly be as difficult for Allen as it was in that windy game. And with the if the Patriots don't have Stevenson and if Harris isn't hundred percent, their offense could look pretty bad Ooh, against the yes. Bills defense, even without Tredavious White. So, if you're a wagering man, Mario, Bills Road underdogs, you like? Two and a half points? Yeah, I guess a two and a half one. It probably should be a pick or something. So, if you're going to get two and a half toward the Bills, maybe that's the nudge that can convince me. I like it. All right. So, again, keep an eye on those Patriots running backs and their status going into this one because they are the key uh, to that Patriots offense it seems like let's keep rolling uh talked about this one earlier talked about Ronald Jones a little bit earlier but the Bucks 10 point favorites on the road in this spot the Bucks just got shut out Tom Brady first time getting shut out since he was in his 20s uh doing all sorts of demonstrative hilarious things that uh really entertain me Thanks. on Sunday nights you know smashing the Microsoft Surface I'm using Microsoft <laughs> Surface right now it's a fine piece of machinery um all sorts of that all sorts of that stuff but then also the receiver um, attrition just being absolutely brutal. Obviously, we lose Chris Godwin for the year. Mike Evans going to be sidelined. Antonio Brown coming back. Some of these younger guys, especially when it comes to a quarterback as finicky as, as Brady is, I, we like the talents of guys like, like Jalen Darden or, or or Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller still kicking around. Um, I think he's kind of messed up. I think he's still hurt or something because he's okay. he hasn't been able to do anything lately. But it's just, you know – does Brady prefer any of these guys? Is there any value to be gleaned from some of these younger, uh, maybe lesser known to the fantasy community type of running or receivers, or is it really just going to be the AB and Gronk show this week? I think it could be the AB and Gronk show. Maybe OJ Howard somehow gets involved. I still don't understand why that guy doesn't just get wide receiver reps. Sometimes he is literally, or maybe he's not literally faster than Mike Evans, but he did run a faster 40. Uh, so he's, he's a freak. I'd like to see him get some more chances, but at the very least, Cameron Brate ran a lot of slot snaps, especially earlier in the year, had nothing to show for it. I don't know why. I don't know if he's just kind of 
a bum now or if you just had bad luck. But he could do a lot of the slot looks. You might see Antonio Brown out wide, Gronk at tight end, uh, Johnson or Miller, I guess, at the other outside spot. They've been giving Darden a, a few kind of like uh, gadgety type plays, and it hasn't really worked. I I like Darden plenty, but he does have certain limitations, being only 5'8", 180 at most. Uh, but he he is he is legitimately fast. He is legitimately quick. He was super productive at North Texas. So I don't really want to bet against him if he's getting the chance. But I do worry that Tampa, uh, especially because this is a road game and because the Carolina pass rush has been pretty lively this year. I think they want to get this win, you know, stop the bleeding and get out. Yeah. And I yeah. think that means Ronald Jones is getting 25 carries or something like that. Maybe it doesn't go that far. But because the Carolina offense is so dead, and just non-negotiably never going to do anything. I think that Ronald Jones can carry the Tampa Bay offense, as insane as that sounds. That, man, yeah, not not what I expected coming into the year. To, to year Normally that, that is not the 16. case at all, but if you're going against a team with no offense, like, well, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn could probably do it if, if they if they actually asked him. Uh, but, yeah, right. I think, I think uh, Brown, Gronk, Jones, that's enough, and I think they want to shorten the game and get out. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah just a recipe, and um, – they haven't been great on the road this year, but uh, Carolina can can certainly help them improve. Imagine Cam throwing a tablet on the sideline. You'd oh, have like you'd have like people rioting. That's not that's not Washington, fiery DC. competitiveness. That's that's you know like a, a disrespect for technology or something. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd have you'd have like marches to state capitals demanding that Cam Newton be like imprisoned for being too hip hop of a quarterback or something. Yeah, and to you know, he should be banned from from using technology. Forever. Tom's a competitor though, and it's awesome. Right, he's, he's fiery machinery he's around. Yeah, so fiery. Um, yeah. Anyway, we got some listener questions here before uh, we, we move on. We got a bunch of them. Uh, so, dear listeners, we're not going to hit every game. That's fine. We got a lot of important lineup questions to get to with this being an all important week 16. So let's do it. Justin Dove wants to know start three of this group. You got Mike Williams, T Higgins, Stefan Diggs, Christian Kirk, Antonio Brown, or Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, who, the, I think I would go with the first man. I hate to say Kirk on the bench or St. Brown really, but I think I'd go with the first three Williams, Higgins and Diggs. Yeah, I, I'm not benching Diggs even with the, the tough matchup. I, I think that, you know, Allen goes to him plenty this week. If we're um, worried about Higgins, I think I would put Kirk in for Higgins rather than Diggs or Williams. I think I think Higgins is in line for – I mean, Higgins did well against Baltimore last time. Baltimore has yeah, just, like, no secondary help at this point, and they might allocate most of it to try to re, uh, prevent the repeat of the Jamar Chase thing. Yeah, I'd go the with the first three. Yeah. All right. Appreciate the question there, Justin. Our friend Scott wants to know Stafford or Herbert. Uh, I'd go Herbert, but it, not because I feel strongly about it. I just I'm not convinced that the Chargers can actually run it all. So the idea of like garbage time being Herbert gets put away. I, I don't actually see it. I think you might throw the ball 40 times and run it five or six times, too. Yeah. Herbert QB two for us at Rotowire this week. Stafford QB eight. So should be fine either way. But but Herbert Going up against Houston, I think, is the way I would lean as well. Another question from Justin. Start two of this group. David Montgomery, Rojo, uh, very popular topic of conversation today. Uh, Jarrett Patterson or Justin Jackson? So I guess the Patterson and Jackson ends of the equation have to do with, you know, what is Gibson, is Eckler? Wait, is that Cordero? Oh, oh. 
Uh, if it's Corderell, I would definitely start him. Mon- uh-huh. Montgomery, I would also start ahead of Ronald Jones, even though I sound somewhat high on Ronald Jones. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, all right. So we'll we'll go with Montgomery and, and Corderell. Uh, in the and thank you, Justin, for clarifying that. And uh, shame on me for for assuming that Patterson was Jarrett I mean, Patterson. I I do like Jarrett. I saw him on the field the other day, and I got excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one last one. Jonathan wants to know if it's worthwhile to k- pick up Cam Akers. I think they so they activated him off of reserve or designated him to return. He's uh, not today. playing with an Achilles rupture, in my opinion. It's out of the he's, question. He's just if he does, it's not going to be until week eighteen. It's not going to be more than and he'll like get hurt again. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to get hurt if they do that. That's insane. They should they should just deactivate him. Yeah, so uh, that that's a hard no there. Jonathan, but thank you for asking. Uh, always, you know, might be a buy in dynasty if he's speculative. That's true. That's true. We we don't know what what the market for guys like him is going to look like, or, or Dobbins. His injury a little bit different than Dobbins, of course. But uh, we got robbed of so many good running back seasons this year, and my my best ball pro- portfolio suffered dearly as a result. Sorry, <laughs> um, anywho, all right, this week's Super Bowl. Jaguars, Jets, Jets, one point, home, underdogs. Huh. Uh, so if I'm reading covers.com correctly, the Jets opened as two-point favorites. Now it's a pick even though only 24% of the public has been betting volume-wise on the Jaguars. Uh, so I like the Jaguars money. side even before I mm-hmm. knew that, but seeing some outsized bets on them makes me even more uh, stupidly eager to, to take up the, their side of it. Okay. All right. That we we don't need to to uh, labor on to, onto this game too too much more. Um, good to see James Robinson uh, actually getting used. Catch as, the passes this week, James. Catch the ball. Catch them. It'll be you great. Can do this. We believe in you. Yeah. Uh, Lions. Falcons. Falcons. Five and a half point favorites. Yeah, Goff's doing a good job. I, you know, can't deny him credit, but I also don't know how he keeps it up quite as much. And meanwhile, Matt Ryan normally is liable to throw for under 150 yards on this team. It's not his fault. The offensive line sucks, but I don't know if the Lions can make them pay for that fact. So uh, asking a lot for four and a half, five and a half points, but I think Corderell and Pitts could both go nuts and even Russell Gage is producing lately. So either it's a shootout and both sides are scoring or I think uh, the Falcons do cover that. I, I just worry that like the Falcons, any sort of home field advantage that you would normally as, assign to a given team, the Falcons just simply don't have it. Yeah, there might be more fans from a third team that is not playing at this game than uh, Lions or Falcons fans. Yeah, there's just going to be a lot of Alabama fans for, yeah. for like no reason at that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just to be like, this is our house. We're yeah, taking it yeah. to Georgia. Believe me, I, I saw that firsthand a few weeks ago. Uh, still reeling from that one, but that's a different show, different discussion. Um, let's keep rolling. Uh, we got Chargers, Texans, not a ton to, to see here, I imagine. Again, the big storyline being the, the health of, of Austin Eckler, but otherwise all your Chargers, all systems go. Anything that uh, that might be work, worthwhile on the periphery when it comes to the Texans against this Chargers D? Uh, pretty much just Brandon Cooks and everybody who has him is probably already, you know, leaning towards starting him. So, yeah, yeah, definitely agree there. Um, quick 
Other question for you from our guy, Eric. He wants to know, Odell or Christian Kirk this week? Oh, I think it's a good problem to have, and I, I'm probably higher on Kirk than most people, but I still lean Odell. I think so, too. Uh, obviously, what this past week what was you know the, the cup game, and those happen fairly often. I mean, he's wide receiver. A day ending in Y. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Um, so we have them ranked close together, but I, I, I tend to think that, that Beckham would be who I go with as well. Uh, before we get to our next game, we got a quick message from our friends over at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guarantee contests each week of the NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. First, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Second, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And third, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So again, head on over to rotowire.com slash thrive. All right, Ravens. Bengals, Bengals, three-point favorites in this one, this this game taking place in Cincinnati. Yeah, I got to take the Bengals. I just – I don't think the Ravens have enough of a team left. It's bad, man. Not enjoying it. Hurts. It's not good. Joe Mixon gets back on track. I don't know. Higgins and Chase could both have good games too. I, I don't see much resistance other than, you know, the fire of the Ravens, which I expect to burn out after one or two quarters. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Mixon looks like he was a full participant Wednesday in practice, so should be fine. Obviously, the Bengals really ran all over Baltimore after they threw all over the Bang or the Ravens in that first meeting. Uh, doesn't feel like Lamar Jackson is going to be playing, and and there I think out goes the hope uh, for for Baltimore and likely their playoff chances. Bears, Seahawks, Bears six and a half point dogs on really? the road i almost like anybody to cover against the seahawks for more the seahawks than are a complete disaster and they only run 50 plays a game it's so hard to get a two score lead when you only run 50 plays a game that's not how it works ever hardly especially with with their offense being as busted as it is on top yeah like not so lock slow, it, but also bad lock it might be back that could change things uh, but yeah, I think I think the Bears should be able to move the ball on offense, regardless of Allen Robinson's status. I just Seahawks are just other than Carlos Dunlap apparently going berserk. There's nothing concerning on that defense. Yeah, I I don't believe so either. Ugh, yuck that game. Um, let's see here. Uh, Steelers Chiefs Chiefs seven and a half point favorites. This one in Arrowhead. We discussed this one earlier. Uh, the Chiefs dealing with with their own COVID outbreak, but the the line's still uh, holding strong. It looks like. So is it is is that kind? Of, do, do we read that as some Sorry, of those is this star the players? Chiefs Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, it looks on covers. They're saying it's down to seven and a half, uh, but that's also with the public kind of flocking toward the Steelers. So we'll see if that moves back at all. Um, Unless Ben Roethlisberger, for some inexplicable reason, gets better going to Arrowhead, and I've other than apparently Justin Herbert, I've never heard of that happening. Uh, Chiefs defense is playing a lot better lately. As long as they have Chris Jones out there, 
and uh, I don't know, two of their starting corners out there. I, I kind of like them to cover that seven and a half. Ten and a half is a little different. Okay. There, I didn't mean, did I say ten and a half? I meant like, uh, or DraftKings has it at seven and a half, I think. Well, it opened at ten and a half. Sorry, I was confused because I, I thought, uh, yeah, holding at seven and a half. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs defense is playing quite a bit better lately. And, uh, you know, Chris Jones versus that offensive line. Better offensive lines have been wrecked by that guy. Yeah, exactly. That that's not a, a good offensive line. It's not you Chris Jones not going to be a good problem to have if you're Pittsburgh in that one. So that could be a huge deciding factor. Um, let's see. Broncos, Raiders, Raiders. Uh this one kind of split as far as wh- which book you're looking at as to as to who the actual favorite is in this one. Um, but I I imagine that the Broncos are in some trouble here with, with the quarterback switch uh, slash downgrade, but this one being in, in Vegas as well. What say you? I got no feel for this one, but I think uh, the Broncos can run. Both teams might be able to run, but the Broncos, I think you feel a little better about. And uh, yeah, Denver pass defense is really good. They're uh, playing better lately, probably. So I, I worry that if uh, Carr has one of his, you know, less than 200 yard games, Josh Jacobs will be good in fantasy just because he gets so much usage. But like Josh Jacobs could have 20 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown and four catches for 20 yards or whatever. And, and the Broncos could still win by a touchdown. So uh, I just don't see how the Raiders move the ball, even though I, I don't quite see how other than on the ground, the, the Broncos do either. Yeah, we got a low total in that one, 41 and a half. Um, quick 30 second thoughts on football team versus the Cowboys, the rematch, obviously the Cowboys, uh, really took it to, to Washington a few weeks ago in the nation's capital of Landover, Maryland. What happens in this one down in Jerry world? Dallas defense just looks relentless right now. They got real talent. You know, Randy Gregory really rushes the passer Diggs going to keep jumping routes. Jordan Lewis is doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know what you can add about Micah Parsons, but Washington is just obliterated right now. Yeah, that they're just there's so much turmoil going on there and all the injuries and, and COVID there with, with Washington. I, I think that the Cowboys kind of start to see that their path to getting a pretty high seed in the playoffs. And I think I think they take advantage of it here. And then we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Ian Book and the New Orleans Saints going up against the Miami Dolphins, the red hot Miami Dolphins Monday night. Yeah. I, I don't think book is any good. He's athletic. He can run a little bit and maybe he's as good as four fingered Taysom Hill as, as a passer, but he, he had to chase Claypool and Boykin and commit there at Notre Dame. So he had a lot of help and his numbers were still kind of topsy turvy, like a lot of touchdowns, but also a lot of incomplete passes. Yeah. I mean, my, Ian book just doesn't have NFL caliber tools like he, right he was, and he was we also don't very know good college tackles. player but he's just, just not and he doesn't have the the Taysom Hill like kind of not cheat code necessarily but you know that Hill is like a 4-4 four, four guy and Book yeah. is like a 4-7 guy so uh but yeah Dolphins blitz a lot if those tackles can't give Book all day to throw it could get ugly yeah I just don't see that go, it could get ugly on both sides it might be a nine to nothing win for the Saints again yeah I feel like um the, the mothership is not going to enjoy that this is the game that, that, that they're going to be showing everybody uh, on Monday night. The, the nation getting treated to, to Ian Book versus Tua. Uh, was that a playoff game at one point? 
I don't I think so. I think I Notre Dame had to play against Clemson when Book was there. Anywho, uh, but I digress. But Mario, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, brought to you by our friends over at WinBet. Good luck to everyone in their playoff matchups this week. Happy holidays. Enjoy the weekend of football. We get Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday football this week. It, it will be a treat. Thanks for listening. Rotowire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.